to the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Phone lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. No superstition. In my faith, I had some friends that I had to walk away from, but where I made the mistake, I didn't It's the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network, where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you, where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the program, everybody. Live on your radio from here in St. Louis and also so many other places. You can also find us on Facebook Live. The stream is up and you can send in your comments or your text. 314-880-0808 is the text line and uh, Facebook Live page. Just search for New John Simmons and you'll be able to find the feed and uh, be able to comment if you desire. Tonight's show is sort of a, a fun, I hope it's fun, uh, I'm taking off uh, my idea of conversational topics and being able to teach you some things tonight instead this is going to be a story time night yes that's right uh, a story time with the new john simmons we've done this uh once or twice before i'm bringing it back for tonight's show because i have a lot of stories i want to share with you because this is a very important weekend in my life and i also wanted to share it with all of you to encourage you wherever you're at today god's got a plan for your life if you haven't found it yet, it can be on its way. If you have found it and you need that nudge to get a little bit further down the street, hopefully some of these stories can encourage you and help you find a desire to seek more of Christ and to invite his plan into your life today. Five years ago this weekend, on Saturday to be specific, Five years ago, I quit my paycheck job and started my full-time ministry in Testimony House. Started a brand new ministry. And so story time tonight, I'm going to tell sort of the journey that that took. I'm going to share a lot of the stories that led me to both quit my job and also to start a ministry. Hopefully you can sort of understand the process. It's been five years now. I have a lot of evidence that God has been in my life ever since because when God sends you out to fulfill his plan with your life, he's not going to send you out without having things able to line up in your future. What I mean is this, is that it takes faith, meaning that you have to have hopeful expectations of the future, even though it hasn't happened yet. But when you step out in that faith, God's going to be there with the next step or God's going to be there with a hand to help you over the cliff or over the river or through the woods or whatever it takes to find his path for your life. I have seen a trail of evidence follow my path and I want to be able to encourage you tonight that I'm not special. 
God has a special plan for you, though. One he created while you were in the womb. One he knew about before you were even conceived. God has had a plan for your life for a long time. And so I'm hoping that story time with the new John Simmons tonight can help encourage some hope. And that five years from now, you may look back on your life and see, wow, I've really, God's taken me a long way. I haven't taken the long way around, but he's taken me quite a bit further. So let's start telling some of the stories of the big moments that uh, led me closer to God and also to help me find God's sentence for my life. I also have some pictures that we're going to be sharing on the live stream. I'm very excited about this. It's sort of like picture time. It's like I'm uh, sitting in front of my two-year-old's class and we're just reading the books out loud. It's exciting times tonight. If you have the Facebook live stream, you're going to want to stay tuned in. And if you're in your car, don't be afraid to go check out newjohnsimmons.com later and catch the video and some of these cool pictures. Well, I think they're cool. Maybe you will. If this story is encouraging to you, you'll find the pictures fun to see as well. But Let's start at the very beginning. I won't share my story of meeting Christ. Instead, I'm going to fast forward to when God called me into ministry. So I found Christ in September 2012. I went to church for the first time in October of 2012. I heard a sermon on vision where the pastor told me that if you are a Christian, God has a plan for your life. This was eye-opening information to me. I'd only heard that I was a loser in the midst of my gambling addiction. No one had ever called me special. I had felt no honor in my life, yet I felt honor from God after I became a believer simply because he loved me, not because I had done anything to deserve it or earn it, but God loves me anyway. And he also created a special plan for my life, one that I didn't even know existed, although growing up and especially as an adult, I definitely had a sense, and maybe you've felt this before, that your life isn't turned out exactly how you wanted it to, I would say that's because many of us don't pursue a relationship with Christ far enough down the road to determine what his plan is for our life. Some people get born again. Some people don't desire a relationship with God at all. But both of those people aren't necessarily walking out God's prepared in advance plan for their lives. And so It may be hard for you to realize how special you are to God, but there is a reason you are the way you are. There is a reason you are good at the things that you are good at. There is a reason that you excel in certain areas of your life and you seem to just really understand quicker than some people things that are important to you. And God has prepared you that way. God has created you so that you can find his plan And for me, it was no different. I realized that I was special from God, and I decided that I wanted to pursue finding God's vision for my life. I had no idea what it would look like. I wouldn't have written down what he finally called me to, but I knew that I wanted to pursue it. And so if you're out there tonight and you're thinking, what is God's plan for my life? I can tell you how I found mine. I pursued a relationship with Christ, and I left everything else on the floor, meaning that I stopped worrying about where I was working. I stopped worrying about who I was friends with. I stopped worrying about what I was going to do on the weekend. Instead, I started to worry about how can I get closer to God? Now, I was a 29-year-old with no experience in the church outside of being a child taken to church by your grandma. I hadn't read the Bible until I got born again at 29, and I was just starting to read the Bible as I was going to church for the first time. And I had heard that I was special to God, but I didn't know how 
I was supposed to find it, and so I was just trying to attach my life into God. Now, I was determining my steps simply by doing what everybody else was doing. I started going to church. wasn't even going regularly, by the way. It wasn't like I was there every time the doors were open. It was a struggle for me to go to church at first. You know, I was like a lot of people who maybe think, why well, I got Jesus, I don't need church. Church is just asking for my money. That was me. <laughs> I And I prided myself that I never gave them any money early on in my walk with Christ. Let that pa- that bucket pass right by me. I ain't giving you a doggone cent. I have since changed my tune, but that all comes with developing a relationship with Christ. And that's what I wanted to do because I wanted to find out what God made me to do. Isn't that interesting to you? If I were to tell you that there was like this magic, and I don't even want to use the word magic, if there was a special plan for you and it was written in a book somewhere and all you had to do was go and find it and figure out where it was written and what book it was in, I'm pretty sure if that was available to you, many of us would go try and find it. If I could give you a map and say, you know, at the end of this map where the X is marked, the treasure is to learn what your special purpose is in life. Wouldn't you want to go Nicholas Cage on that and go get uh, you know national treasure? That's what I felt like when I heard that God had a plan for my life. I just realized how important I was to God because I didn't have a sense of importance. I had no sense of value. Many people today look at the opinions of others to find their self-worth, whether it's your parents or a significant other or the world who tells you you need to be skinnier or you need to be happier or you need to be take this medicine or whatever it looks like. The world's always trying to tell us how to live, but God says, I've designed you to live a certain way. All you have to do is find me. And so what I did is I, I laid it all out. All the stuff that I was doing, all the decisions that I was making, I was trying to just keep focused on God. I was going to church when I could or when I felt like it. I was reading my Bible as much as I was able to without you know falling asleep and wondering what I was reading. I was praying, not very much. I was praying over my food, and once I learned there was a vision from God, I started praying over that. Those are the only two prayers that I prayed for a long time. Thank you, Jesus, for this food, and please show me your vision for my life. That was it. I had no idea the importance or the power of prayer. I learned that later. Again, this is all story time with me to tell you about the five-year anniversary of my faith walk and my call into ministry. I got born again in 2012, but I didn't start my ministry until May 5th, 2013. So just this weekend, we'll be celebrating the five-year anniversary. And I wanted to share some of these important stories from my walk to encourage you to find God's plan for your life. I hear a lot of pastors preach the Bible, but I don't hear a lot of people get on the pulpit and tell me all the details of the struggles and the heartache. You you hear the finished story. When we see celebrities, whether it's on the court or in the field, you know, the sports stars, or you see the actors, or you see the people who, you know, take the awards and they thank everybody who's helped them along the way, you don't often hear the stories of everything they had to go through to get there. And so I'm hoping these stories can encourage you tonight. The day I quit my job was about six months after I started praying for a vision from God. And in that time, I had heard one one thing from the Lord. And the Lord told me, in a, I think it was November 
of 2012, so about a month after I started praying for God to reveal vision into my life. And by the way, so can you. Ephesians 1 talks about Paul praying over the church at Ephesus for those believers to be filled with spiritual wisdom and insight. And if you want a vision from your life, that sounds like the two things you need, wisdom and insight. So you can pray for that for yourself as well. I heard God tell me, John, you're going to have to quit your job. You're going to be a soul winner. And your faith is going to encourage others. Those are three things, very specific, that God told me I was going to do with my life. Now, hearing from God, I'd only heard from him one other time. It was the night that I got born again. So I'm hearing God for the second time answer a prayer that I've been praying for about a month. And instead of telling me, hey, go get a job at this place, he gave me three vague things. Now, when I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job, he's like, not yet. Okay, so I knew I wasn't, I was, at some point I was going to have to quit my job at the casino where I was working at the time, and I didn't even know what being a soul winner was. That's how you know sometimes it's from the Lord, when you go, what on earth are you even talking about? And by the way, God talks to his people today. John ten twenty seven says, if you follow Christ, you should be able to hear his voice, and when you do, you should follow him. Where am I following him? Well, he's telling me I'm going to be a soul winner. I had to call someone up, a Christian that I had met. And say, what's a soul winner? God told me I was going to be one of these. And I had to learn that a soul winner is someone who preaches the gospel and leads people to Christ. Not because they're special or they're powerful enough to do it, but because God uses them just like, you know, God uses all sorts of people for different roles. And an evangelist is able to share the gospel in a way that penetrates the heart of those that would hear it. And they would turn their eyes to Christ instead of looking at their sinful nature. And you see that today where I share the gospel every night on the radio not something I was prepared to do five years ago, but as I continued to develop my walk with Christ and continued to try and mature in the gifts that I discovered, I learned that I wasn't just this dumb poker player or poker dealer who had lived a life of depression and frustration and anger when all the things that I tried to do with my life didn't work out. No, I found out that I was special to God and I was going to be made for his purpose. Now, I wasn't, you know, real excited to be told I was going to be a soul winner. It's not like I was like, yippee, soul winner. Everybody loves talking about Jesus. No, they don't. They really don't. Uh, I found out really early on in my walk with Christ when I began to share my faith with those people that I worked with at the casino. And I can just, I can picture it still. I talk about it often that I would go in the break room. We would have so many breaks when I worked at the casino. I'd have two or three breaks in a shift, four, five breaks sometimes. And you go and you would sit in there with all these other poker dealers it's like high school, by the way. If you dealt poker, you sat with the poker players. If you dealt blackjack, you sat with the blackjack players. And as I got born again and my conversation started to talk about Jesus, not because I was trying to witness to them, not because I was trying to like get them saved or anything, I was simply talking about what was going on in my life in the same way I might have talked to a coworker about the new video game that came out or a new car they bought or their new girlfriend or my new girlfriend or whatever it was. You talk about what's important to you. You talk about what's going on in your life. And for me, there wasn't much more important than Christ because I'd felt a sense of hope and a desire for change in my life that I'd never experienced before. I lived my whole life desperate for hope and I didn't even realize it was missing. I needed peace. That came from Christ and said I was constantly worrying. I realized early on as the people I worked with began to not sit with me as much. That uh, my 
<laughs> that talking about Jesus was not as exciting to everyone else as it was to me. Eventually, I was sitting by myself in the break room. And then God tells me I'm going to be a soul winner. I was like, how is that true? I can't even, you know, talk to my friends about Jesus without making them want to gag or run away from me or yell at me. I had a, fr- a good friend at the time curse me out at work because I was talking about Jesus. And I wasn't even talking to him at the time. He was just standing in earshot. And he cursed me out. So this is the job God wants me to do. This thing that obviously doesn't work. This thing that... Uh, has caused me heartache with my fr- my friends. Many of them are not in my life anymore, not because I don't want them there. God's plan for my life to quit my job, to be a soul winner, and that my faith would encourage others. That one wasn't so hard to understand. A year later, God asked me to write a book called Finding Faith. His title, not mine, came out in 2015. It's a story of my faith walk and how God encouraged me to get closer to him and also to learn the lessons that the Bible shares about faith. I had a lot of questions. As any good new believer should have questions. You should be not questioning God, but asking God questions. I asked questions about faith. I got really nervous and scared when I started reading the Gospels and I saw that the apostles who had quit their day jobs to follow Jesus were having a lot of difficulty with faith. They weren't able to heal some people. Jesus yelled at them on the boat when they couldn't calm the sea. And he kept telling them, you know, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, but it seemed like even the apostles weren't getting it. So I had a lot of questions about faith, and God answered that question in Hebrews 11.1 1, where he said, faith is the confidence and the hope and the unknown and the unseen. And for me, that was tangible definitions of a word that I was really trying to understand. If I can see ahead in life, even if it hasn't shown up yet, I know that it's going to show up. I know that it's going to happen. I have faith for it. And those lessons came out in that book, and I know that people have been encouraged by some of the lessons that God has shown me and that I'm showing. I'm not, I haven't learned anything new. God has just given me a way to share it with people, with hope, which hopefully they're able to take it and run with it for themselves and walk out their own life of faith, and then hopefully use their life as a light to someone else who doesn't have it or needs encouragement. We're all just part of the team here. I'm not special. I'll tell you every time. I'm still a sinner. I still have to repent. I I can get up here and talk about Jesus all day, but it doesn't mean I go home and do everything right. But God's plan for my life is not for me to do everything right. My path is for me to follow his will and get up and repent and keep trying and keep trying to knock the, the wall down, keep trying to do the things that he's called me to do. So many stories about how God called me into this life of ministry five years ago. When we come back, I'll tell you about the day that I quit my job and my first day in ministry. You're not going to want to miss that day. It's a very exciting time. It was evidence of God in my life that day. It's a very personal story. When we come back, I'll share it with you on the new John Simmons show. New John Simmons here with you. Back in 2012, I found myself at the end of my rope for what seemed like the hundredth time. I cried out to God and said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me a future and a hope for my life. What happened next changed my life forever. Took me out of my life where I was a gambling addict who had lost over $500,000, allowed me to begin a new life in Christ where I found more joy, peace, and hope than I ever knew existed. I share the stories, including where I blame God for my father's death 
and the call into ministry that I found in my first book called Finding Faith. I also share with you the answers to the questions that I was asking God about what is faith and how can I move mountains with it. Finding Faith has those stories and so much more. I absolutely believe it can encourage you to find faith in your life today. Finding Faith by me, the new John Simmons, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble website, Walmart. You can also pick up a copy signed by me over at newjohnsimmons.com. Testimony House Ministries is the proud sponsor of the new John Simmons Show. We are so thankful for all of you who tune into the show, watch us live on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. Without all of you, the new John Simmons Show and all the other Testimony House Network shows would not be possible. Please visit newjohnsimmons.com today and click the Partner With Us tab to help us continue sharing our message of future and a hope through Christ with others. God bless. The new John Simmons Show is part of the Testimony House Network. To learn more about the network or to watch other network programs, please visit TestimonyHouse.org. Now, here's the new John Simmons. the show everybody new john simmons with you here each and every night at 9 p.m so thankful you've joined us on the program if you would like to stay connected with the show on social media all you have to find is at new john simmons on instagram and facebook or you can look for the show itself on youtube and facebook as well just search for the new john simmons show tonight is story time with john uh, if you're in the car you won't be able to see some of these pictures i'm about to show you but right now i'm gonna put up a, po- a picture of the old john yes Oftentimes we talk about the new John Simmons here on the show, but uh, old John is uh, front and center on the Facebook page right now. This is a a picture that is rare. Old John was like uh, Moby Dick. It was uh, uh, couldn't see it all the time because in the midst of my depression, when I was in the midst of my gambling addiction, I would not be photographed. I put on a lot of weight. I was a skinny boy when I started gambling and then I put on a lot of weight as I struggled through that addiction. And I didn't I was never happy and I was never excited for pictures. Plus, uh it was a era of time before the camera phones were really a, a huge thing and everybody took a picture of everything. There were no social media apps to capture me on. And uh the picture of old John, I was at the this I think this was at the horse races. Yeah, I loved betting everything. The horse races weren't something that I got into a lot, but uh, if there was uh, uh, something to bet, I would be interested in it. Me with my drink there and my smokes, and oh, man, I loved I loved just doing me. Oh, and do you notice old John has no beard? That's right. You may not know about me. Fun fact that I decided to grow a beard when I became the new John Simmons, and I've been sporting it ever since. I, n- I never thought I could grow a beard. Uh, successfully in my old life, but I said, well, Jesus had a beard, John's going to get a beard. And I decided to grow one out for myself, probably not as intense as the Jewish beard of old probably were. Uh, But uh, that's me, new John Simmons versus the old John Simmons on the Facebook stream right now. That's what I'm talking about tonight, because five years ago this weekend was the day I quit my job and started my full-time ministry work with Testimony House to be able to help other people find Christ and to tell the stories of those people who are walking out God's sentence for their life. The day that I quit my job was a real struggle. As I told you in the last segment, God told me in November of 2012 that I would be a soul winner, that my faith would encourage others, and that I would have to quit my job. And so I went on this quest 
to try and figure out what those three things meant. So I tried to, in the natural, making my own decisions, writing my own path, I decided to try and fit God's words that he had told me into my box. So there were things in life that I wanted to do. I wanted to play music. So I tried to figure out how to you know, quit my job to play music, or I tried to figure out how to get my faith to encourage others when music didn't work out, and I tried to be a stand-up comedian, and I tried to you know, start a podcast, and I was trying to do all these different things that were not what God had for me. They kept falling on their faces. I kept wondering, well, what's going on? I'm trying to quit my job, Lord. I'm trying to share my faith with people. None of them were what God actually wanted me to do. They were just me trying to put God in a box, and sometimes we all do this. God may give you a word, or you may feel like you're not hearing from God at all, and then you just try and do something anyway, and it fails. I'll say two things about this. One is is that just because something fails does not mean it's from God. Only a dumb Christian will think that you try something once, it doesn't work, it must not be from God. When the world will tell you perseverance is key, you know, you get back up and you keep trying. I try, try again. You know, and the second thing I'll say about it is that, yeah, that's it. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And, you know, if it's really not from God, he's going to give you a new path for you to take. And for me, all of these things I tried to do, whether it was being a comedian or starting a band or whatever dumb things I was adding to my list of trying to fit God's word into my box, they didn't work. And about six months later, God asked me to quit my job to start a ministry called Testimony House, a very important day for me. I've talked about it on the show many times. I want to skip past that because that would take another 20 minutes to tell that story. But suffice it to say, God called me into ministry. He said I was going to start a ministry called Testimony House, and he wanted me to quit my job to do it. Now, at that time, I wasn't ready to quit my job because when God told me what I was going to do, he said, John, you're going to start a ministry. I first had to say, remember how I had to ask what a soul winner was? I had to ask what a ministry was. The only you know, thought I had about a ministry was the parking lot ministry I served on at the church I was going to. That's what the word ministry meant to me. The only thing I'd ever heard of was church. A ministry is can be something that's alongside the church that helps people in certain ways, whether it's an outreach ministry that gives food or shelter or needs to the poor or the the disenfranchised, or maybe it's a gospel sharing ministry. Billy Graham was a was a ministry. He had no church. He was not a pastor. Instead, he was an evangelist. And that's sort of where Testimony House lies in that same area. I didn't know that at the time, though. I had to find out. And so if God's talking to you about his plans for your life and you hear a word about something that is left field, sometimes that that's the best word to stand on because when God asks you to do something, it's not usually going to be a thing that you've already thought of. What glory does God get? and giving you the gifts, and putting you on the right path, and dying on the cross for you, if you could just do it by yourself. That means everybody who doesn't know Christ could find their path in life. And many people do feel like that. Many people are, you know, atheist or agnostic or something altogether different, and they think that their life is the perfect life for them. They're living their best life. It's fine to think that, but God said you were designed and created by him to do good works through Christ Jesus. You can still do good works without Christ Jesus. You can't just do the good works you were created to do. And if I'm going to speak candidly, I'd much rather do the things that I was created to do than to do the things that I thought I was created to do. So the day I quit my job, God had been on me for a while. John, you need to quit your job. John, you need to quit your job. 
And I wasn't ready to do it because I knew what he was calling me to do. He was calling me to quit getting a paycheck to start relying on him to bring funds into the house. That's how I saw it. I was looking at it strictly from a financial point of view, not from a faith-filled point of view, not from a God needs me to quit this job to do something else. I was like, why can't I do both at the same time? You can't serve God and money. You can only serve one or the other. So there was a day where I was driving to work where everything changed and my faith in the area of quitting my job absolutely transformed. On my way to work one morning, I was listening to Christian radio, talk radio, and there was a a pastor talking about if God has called you to quit your job, you need to quit your job. And obviously I was dealing with these thoughts and prayers right now in my life in that season, and I really felt like, you know, this is a big coincidence that this sermon is pointed in talking about me. Now, I'm listening. I'm, I'm engaged in the sermon now at this point. Normally, I would be driving 80 miles an hour down the highway to get to work, but at this point, I had slowed down, and I was in the slow lane listening to this sermon pretty intently, not really paying much attention to my speed or where I was, and eventually I, I, re, I looked up and you know got out of the haze of the sermon, essentially, and I saw that there was a truck in front of me, pictures of it, up on the Facebook live stream right now. This was a a truck that I was driving behind. And when I looked up, I was startled almost to see what was on the back of the truck. This is an 18-wheeler truck and in large printed words it had the word faith on it. And it also said Philippians 4.13. Now, I don't know about you, but do you drive around the highways a lot? I do. I don't often see 18-wheeler trucks engaged with big, you know, billboard-sized faith verses written on them. This was a sight to me. I'd never seen anything like this. And since it was happening at the same moment that I was listening to this sermon on the radio, I was like, well, this is this was a lot of coincidence at once. And it, it struck me so much that I took a picture of it. That's why I'm able to even share it with you today because it was such an interesting moment in my life. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. God had told me months earlier that my faith would encourage others, and here I am seeing the same word faith again. I didn't know what Philippians 4.13 was at the time. I didn't have it. You know, many people maybe have heard it, but maybe you can't recollect where it came from. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, including quit my job, I guess he was trying to tell me, because I felt like he was talking to me. He was talking to me through the sermon. He was talking to me through this truck. Now, you may feel that that's just sort of silly, But God speaks to us in a lot of ways. Now, I'm not going to say we need to live our lives based on what the billboard says or based on what we're hearing in the sermon, but I've been praying for confirmation for God to show me that it was time to quit my job. And he used these two things, but it wasn't like I would quit my job over these two things. I'm not, I mean, you may feel like I'm fanatical, but I'm also not crazy. You know, just because I saw a sticker on a truck doesn't mean I'm going to quit my job. So I drove to work. Continually thinking about this proposition that I would have to quit my paycheck job to start a ministry where I wouldn't, you know, at first make any money. And I was really concerned about the financial expense. I was like, how am I going to pay rent? I can't pay rent if I don't have a paycheck. And when I pulled into the driving, the driving uh, into the parking lot at work that morning, same morning, I saw the truck in the sermon. I get a call from my friend who says, you know, I've been praying this morning and God told me I needed to call you and tell you that you can come live with me rent free. <laughs> It's a true story. I can't. I am not smart enough to make up stories like this, guys. I promise you that these things happened. 
And I remember just being very emotional in my car that that morning, just being like, oh, my gosh, God is really talking to me. He really wants me to quit my job. And I really, you know, I was telling the person on the phone, I was like, God's really telling me to quit my job. And I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I remember walking the hallway down to work just thinking, yeah, all this stuff is as cool as it was to experience. I'm still not going to quit my job. Uh, it's not enough, God. I remember, I remember praying and being like, God, just show me something else. Show me something else. And later that day, I remember I was playing. I wasn't playing. I was dealing poker to other people. And I was sort of just, I wasn't really paying much attention. All I was thinking about was what had happened earlier that morning. And I remember thinking in my mind, all right, God, if you want me to quit my job, I need you to do something so big and so over the top that I can never not believe that it's you talking to me about quitting my job. And I mean, no sooner do I finish that thought than one of the strangest, craziest, most spirit-filled things that's ever happened to me in my entire life took place. I'm having thoughts in my head about quitting my job, having thoughts about praying to God to show me something over the top. And immediately as I had this thought, a man who was sitting across from me at the poker table, and I've dealt to probably thousands of people over the years in my career as a poker dealer. Many of them, I could not tell you their names. Most of them, I couldn't tell you their names. This was no exception. This was just a man playing poker in the room that I dealt in. Could have been a, you know, St. Louisan, could have been somebody from out of town. It didn't matter because what happened next changed my life, not the person. The man looked at me and he says, John, because I have a name tag on, that's how I knew my name. I have a name tag. He says, John, when are you going to quit your job? <laughs> John, when are you going to quit your job? He says it just once. And I remember looking at him and I remember that I wanted to capture this moment. I remember thinking this is too incredible to be a coincidence. Maybe the radio was a coincidence. Maybe the sticker was a coincidence. Maybe even my buddy calling me was something that could, you know, be explained. But at this moment, when this man I've never met is like, John, you need to quit your job. I remember thinking, I have to capture this moment. This is a can't-make-this-stuff-up testimony, and I don't want to lose it. And so I asked the man, why did you say that to me? And so clearly and succinctly, he just says, it looked like you were thinking about something, and I thought that was it. (laughs) I mean, I couldn't write that script. So perfectly, and I remember I was almost in tears in front of these, you know, 10 strangers I was dealing to. And I realized that day I was going to quit my job. And I put in my notice, and I said, all right, God, I'm coming after you. I'm chasing after your sentence for my life. I don't know what's going to happen with money. I don't know how I'm going to be a soul winner when I haven't seen any evidence of it yet take place. I don't know how I'm going to do the things that you've called me to do, but I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to believe that your plan for my life is bigger more creative and more perfect than the plans I have for myself. When we come back, I'll tell you about the first day of my ministry. I'm going to share with you the stories of the crazy, incredible first day of my ministry. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. Don't go away. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Are 
Are you interested in learning more about finding God's sentence for your life? At NewJohnSimmons.com, there are articles and videos describing how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life by finding passion, vision, and faith. In addition, NewJohnSimmons.com has a variety of ways for you to be encouraged to continue writing God's sentence. As always, you can hear the show live weekdays at 9 p.m. Central Time by clicking the Listen Live button when you visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Want to start writing or add to God's sentence for your life? Want to learn what that means? Visit NewJohnSimmons.com for articles and videos that can help you find a future and a hope for your life today. Now, back to the New John Simmons Show. Welcome back to the program, everybody. New John Simmons Show here with you each and every night at 9. Thankful that you've joined us on the Facebook live stream as well. Just search for the New John Simmons Show on Facebook or Instagram, all that stuff. YouTube channel also has past shows as well. Lots of ways to stay connected with the show, including the podcast that's available on iTunes and also on the Google Play Store. You can also find us on your home devices, Amazon, Alexa, Siri, HomePods. We're everywhere to try and encourage you to find God's sentence for your life. Tonight I'm telling story time. It's story time. This weekend marks the fifth anniversary of my call to ministry. And then we started the Ministry of Testimony House, which supports this program, five years ago on Saturday. And I've been telling the story of how I sort of came to that point. From a non-believer at 29 to a person stepping out in faith to start a ministry at 30. Jesus started his ministry at 30. So did John the Baptist. There's lots of... I see significance in numbers. We're going to get in that in just a moment. But let me tell you the story of the day that I started Testimony House. An incredible day. I told you this this interesting story of how I decided to put in my notice. But the day I quit was just as a cool day. My first day in ministry was on a Sunday. It was my, my worked on that Saturday. I worked at, at the casino on Saturday, May 4th, and I started... That was my last day in the casino, and then I started this ministry testimony house on May 5th, 2013. And that morning, went to church just like any other day. Now I was going regularly. If you heard in the first segment, I talked about how when I first started my relationship with Christ, I would go to church just sometimes. By the time I started my ministry, I was all in on church and fellowship and all of the things that I needed to do to grow closer to God. And even though it was church just like normal, it wasn't church to me like normal because that morning, pictures up on Facebook, I was baptized. I was baptized. I've, you know, I was just like, well, this is my first day in ministry. And it just happened to coincide with the day they were doing baptisms at my church, which wasn't all the time. And so I got baptized that morning as an adult. I was baptized at 12 years old at a small little Baptist church. And I did it because all my other friends were doing it. I had no relationship with God, but this time I did. And I wanted to get baptized as a real born-again believer. And I got born again at 29. And I got baptized at 30. Now, you don't find salvation through baptism, but it is a representation of your new walk with Christ. It's a, you know, an outward expression of your love for Jesus and who he is to you. And I was baptized. Very excited. That morning to get baptized and I was very excited to start my journey to this do this ministry. And later on that day, I was invited by a friend 
to go to his church service. And I was like, well, I'm going to do anything that I'm asked to do. When I quit my job at the casino, I just told God, I was like, whatever you need me to do, I'll go do it. If I get invited to go somewhere, whether it's just to spend time with someone or whether they want me to speak or do whatever, I'm in. I'll say yes. And my friend, who, by the way, was a person that I used to work with at the casino, a person who heard me talk about Jesus all the time, and guess what they started doing? They started going to church, and then they wanted. They were so excited about finding a great church by their house that they wanted me to come with them to sort of you know give them the okay, I guess. I don't know what they were expecting, but they were so excited. And, and again, I've talked about my soul winning, maybe not having any effect, but I know many people who have come into contact with Christ because I was near them, not because I've done anything to to do it, but I guided them to find Christ like I found Christ. And he is the answer to all questions that we have in our hearts. So I saw people get saved. People I worked with in the casino got saved, got born again. God started using me on my very first day in ministry to go to church with a man who would have never, ever liked Christ. Anyway, at this service, it's so interesting because it was a baptism service. Now, I had been to lots of baptisms at my own church. I'd seen it. They do it, and it's the same thing. And I've seen lots of baptism services since then, and everybody sort of does it different. For this particular service, I had never seen anything like it and still haven't to this day. The entire service was dedicated to baptism. The entire service was, there was no preaching, there was no singing. The entire service was about 100 people at this church were getting baptized. And when we sat there, I was just like, well, this is going to be, like, what fun is, I mean, it's great that they're getting baptized, but what am I going to get from the Lord today in regards to my relationship with him, when all I'm doing is watching people get baptized. And again, this is my first day in ministry. I'm going wherever God calls me. But then the pastor gets on the microphone. He says, well, all of these people who are getting baptized today are going to share their testimonies with you. And that's when my heart just sort of leapt out of my chest. I just started a ministry called Testimony House. I'm about to hear a 100 testimonies. I've never heard more than five before. This is going to be like a... A crash course in testimony telling. It didn't take long for me to realize that wasn't going to turn out like I hoped. Not everybody's made to share their story, especially in a public setting. I mean, this church was full, hundreds of people. You know, between the the 10-year-olds and the 20-year-olds and the 60-year-olds, everybody, all the different age groups and races and all the ages... These guys weren't prepared to, you know, speak publicly. And so many of them would rush through their testimony and they'd be like, I'm just so, yeah, I love Jesus. And that would be it. Or some person, you know, maybe out of the hundred, there was two people who got up and was like, yeah, Jesus, he helped me so much. And it was a lot more people just trying to get through it as fast as they could, saying their name and saying that they love Jesus, a short confession of faith. Not many people wanted to get up and share a long-winded testimony about the changes that they saw take place in their life to prove that Christ was in their heart. That's okay. I realized that now at the time, I was just like, ugh, don't you guys love Jesus? At the end of this line was a girl who was about 20 years old. And this girl got in the baptismal, and the pastor brought up her friend who had brought her to church years earlier. This was the most incredible testimony that I'd ever heard. 
I just heard 99 clunkers. Not that testimonies in themselves are bad, but people don't. There's storytelling, right? There's there's a way to sh- share your your story and have it affect people, and this was one of them. The day I quit my job to start my ministry, I'm listening to all of these testimonies, and this one has touched my heart. And still, in the five years that I've been sharing my testimony and asking others to share theirs with me, I have never heard any as powerful as this one. This brunette is in the baptismal. Her blonde friend gets brought up to baptize her. And the blonde tells the following story, that when they were in middle school, she was not friends with this brunette, but the blonde was going to church, and they were about to move church buildings. They were moving into the building that we were currently standing in, and they were taking bricks from the old building, and they were putting them in the foundation of the new church. So they were taking bricks from the old church and making them the foundation of the new church. And so they had the youth group write names of the people they wanted to see come to Christ. And this blonde girl, who was not friends with the brunette, decided to pray and ask God, whose name should I write down? God gave her the brunette's name. Even though they weren't friends, they went to school together. The blonde thought it was strange, but wrote the girl's name down anyway. She tried to develop a relationship with this girl at school, and the the brunette wanted to have nothing to do with her and the Jesus she was talking about. Over time, they got themselves on the same bus route, and the harder the blonde tried to create a relationship with the brunette, it seemed like the harder the brunette ran away from her. The next year, they were assigned seats next to one another on the bus, and the blonde just keeps saying, God's in this. I see God moving, and God keeps bringing us closer together. But no matter what the blonde did, the brunette had nothing to do with her. She didn't even like her. In fact, she said mean things about her to her friends and otherwise. Then their senior year of high school, they find themselves in the same club of school, and they have to spend a lot of time together outside of school hours. And over that period of time, that's when they just started to develop a relationship where they became friendly and eventually they became best friends. And now we were in college and this brunette had found the Lord because the blonde stopped asking her to go to church and instead just talked about all the great things that God was doing in her life. And eventually the brunette said, can I go to church with you? Can I go to youth group with you? And she did. She went and she got, she went to a, uh, you know, a college retreat with this girl and she got born again at the retreat. And now here we are. You know, short time after that, and she's getting baptized to show her faith to the world that Christ has changed her heart. And as the blonde's telling the story, you see the brunette's just locked in. Her eyes are just focused, centered, laser focused on her friend as she tells this story. And the blonde, she's finishing up this incredibly long, incredibly emotional, incredibly engaging and gripping testimony of how, you know, it. 13 years old, she wrote her friend's name down on a brick, and year by year, her friend denied any efforts to share Christ with her, and they weren't even friends for a long time, and it was when the blonde sort of gave up, the doors started to open that only God could open. And then the blonde says the following words that will grip me for the rest of my life. She says, this is the first time I've ever told her that story. Can you imagine hearing a story about how someone has 
intentionally looked after you year after year, day after day, thought about you in your relationship with God, tried their hardest to believe that God had a plan for their life, that no matter the circumstances, they continue to try harder and harder and believe harder and harder. And even as a young kid, how many kids give up on something? How many adults give up on something after it doesn't work? This was a a young girl who became a high schooler who is now a college-age person who never gave up. And before the brunette could think to say anything, she had already jumped out of the baptismal, draped her arm around her blonde best friend, and the microphone was still so close you could hear what the brunette was saying, and she just repeated it over and over again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The most genuine, heartfelt thank you I've heard anyone give another person in my entire life. And it stemmed from the fact that this blonde girl found God's plan for her life, which was to write a name on a brick and begin to believe that that person can find salvation in the kingdom of heaven. Imagine what God can use you to do. I may have five years of ministry under my belt, but what does God have for you? I want to pray and encourage you. Lord, help people find your plan tonight. As they pray and ask you to give you give you spiritual wisdom and insight, I pray for you. Jesus, show them how to find God's sentence for their life. Help them be the blonde in someone else's life. Help them be a person who believes that God's plan for them is on its way. That was the greatest testimony I've ever heard. Because it proves that no matter how old you are, no matter how little the task may seem, no matter what's going on in your life, if you do what God has for you to do, great things can happen. And I encourage you to find what the great things God designed you to do. God's designed you for a purpose. I would pray and ask to find out that purpose from God for yourself. That's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to Thank you all for tuning in on Facebook Live and also for all of you who are listening on your radio. Don't forget to head over to newjohnsimmons.com. Get all the podcast episodes on iTunes or Google Play. And until next time, guys, I pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.